hello, sir. Welcome to Absorbing in Yellow, a SpongeBob deep dive, the podcast where me and my friends talk about the making of and our admiration for SpongeBob SquarePants. I hope you have an extra pair of crutches on hand. Because today the chum bucket is going to kick your carapace! That was a very silly sound clip to start the episode, um, Plankton. Uh, thank you, Sam. I thought so too. My name is Plankton. Uh, Plankton, that's so crazy that we have a sound clip from the episode of the Fry Cook Games because we are going to discuss that episode on the podcast today. That is so crazy. And that's crazy that that sound clip was not from the episode Jellyfish Hunter because we are also going to discuss that um, episode on the podcast today. That is also so crazy. And you know what else is crazy is we have timestamps below in the podcast description if anybody else... um, wants to skip this i didn't mean to say else as if like i want to skip it too i would never skip it because this is all golden content okay everybody hello and welcome to observing i already said that okay um we have a handful of uh special segments today um in addition to our usual stuff um the first segment is i'm gonna welcome you in some stupid way check uh and then we're gonna do a little bit of soiled it the segment where i um talk about something that i soiled uh don't worry about it we'll i'll explain um then we've got some news and then some history, and then some trivia clock, and then we'll jump into our usual episode. <sighs> I'm improvising this whole thing, um, except for the stuff I have written down, I guess. Um, and I'm trying to do this all in one take, and I'm really out of breath because I tried riding my bike today, um, but then both my tires, my tires popped, um, and I had to walk back. And it's really hilly where I live, and I'm really, really tired and sweaty, and I just want to go to bed. But it's okay, because I'm doing it because you told me to. Or do it for the customer? I don't know. Okay, um, let's jump into the segment, Soiled It. Soiled It! Soiled It! Soiled It! Soiled It! Welcome to Soiled It, the segment of the podcast where I um, tell you about something I screwed up on some previous episode of the podcast. Um, I'll try and keep this very, very brief. Um, basically, a few weeks back, I uh, gave a interesting, if I um, may say so myself, uh, history of the real world um, Bikini Atoll, um, the Bikini Islands uh, that um, Spongebob uh, draws inspiration from. Um, And on that episode, um, I said that I could not find uh, any evidence um, that the island in the show is supposed to specifically be the real Bikini Atoll. Um, While in doing some research, I was, I don't know why, but I was doing some digging, uh, trying to find a complete um, copy of the original series pitch Bible, which I could not find. If anybody has the complete thing, please let me know. But as far as I can tell, it's not on the internet anywhere. Um, But there are pieces of it on the internet. And one piece has a drawing um, of the island that you see in uh, the start of every theme song. Um, And it has a sign uh, or a label um, that says Bikini Atoll. So it doesn't necessarily confirm confirmed that that island is called Bikini Atoll, um, but I just thought that I would let everybody know because I'm a very, very good person and an excellent podcast host. Okay, uh, we've got some news to discuss this week. Breaking news! And this news is really, really stupid. <laughs> let me tell you about it. Um, okay, so there have been freaking st- stupid clickbait websites all over the internet. Um, and you know, not just the small ones, like we got this covered or whatever, though they are certainly guilty, but even the, the bigger boys, uh, in the, in the big kid news world, um, are asking the question, is SpongeBob being canceled? And let me just tell you right now, 
no, SpongeBob is freaking not being canceled. And I don't mean the show. I mean, like, is SpongeBob the next victim of cancel culture? Oh, my gosh. It just makes me want to pull my hair out. How freaking stupid some people are. Apologies. Let me regain my um, decorum. Is that a word? Hey, how good is the word uh, carapace, by the way? It means like the outside of a shell. Okay, so um, a couple weeks ago, uh, somebody noticed that the um, episode uh, uh, Midlife Crustacean was not on Paramount Plus, right? And so they posted, uh, I don't know if they posted on Reddit or what, but they're like, hey, I noticed that this is missing. That's interesting. Or maybe it was a YouTube video. I can't remember. Um, and then separate from that, somebody else also noticed um, that the episode um, Quarantined Crab uh, was missing from season 12 on Paramount Plus. And so now after this, um, a bunch of news articles start circulating. Nickelodeon pulls two classic episodes from the SpongeBob series. And it's dumb on a couple reasons. Um, for one thing, um, Quarantine Crabs, um, we already knew months ago that they had pulled that episode uh, when people noticed that it was on the season 12 DVD and was not being aired in order for some reason on Nickelodeon. Well, um, if we could all, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes go into our mind palace, if we can all think really, really hard, what reasons could Nickelodeon have for not airing in the year 2020 an episode about being quarantined due to an infectious disease? I can't think of anything. So that one's a mystery. Um, no one knows why Nickelodeon doesn't want to air an episode called Quarantine Crabs about the main cast of SpongeBob um, being quarantined with an infectious disease and it being really, really horrible. That one just remains a mystery. But this other one, Midlife Crustacean, why was that one pulled? Okay, and this is where I need to, for one, I'll just acknowledge outright. Very obviously, anybody who has seen that episode knows it's because of the panty raid joke at the end. OK, um, now two. I also need to acknowledge, like we have discussed many times on this podcast, um, even in just like the past couple weeks, Nickelodeon has a long history of, you know, pulling out of rotation or um, editing episodes uh, that they think might be inappropriate or that the, um, you know, uh, 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 whatever board at the top of the TV world um, that tells everybody what you're allowed to um, put on the air. Maybe they have a complaint, you know, hey, you can't have Squidward uh, being lit on fire from gasoline. That's not okay for a cartoon. Okay, whoops, we aired it once, but it won't happen again, whatever. So there's a long history of this on every TV station, especially TV stations that, um, you know, put together children's programming. Now, the other thing that we need to acknowledge I'll just acknowledge it for us. We will discuss the episode Midlife Crustacean um, when we get to that episode. Uh, I have thoughts on the whole episode. I love that episode. It's a very, very funny episode. Um, but let me just say for myself, at least, the panty raid joke has always been weird. Even when I was a kid, I could tell, like, this feels inappropriate. It feels like out of place for, for an otherwise pretty innocent show. Um, and especially today, now that I am a somewhat grown adult, um, I have to say, yeah, I am not really a fan of jokes about um, breaking into women's homes and going through their underwear drawer. It just reeks of like sexism. And it, so anyway, I'm all like tense and stuff because I know that maybe some of you hear me describing that and think like, 
oh, like this is, you know, PC culture gone mad, whatever. Da, 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 da. And it's just not. It's just not that. It's just the show doesn't need the joke. And Nickelodeon is well within their right to pull one episode from their streaming platform so that people don't like stumble upon it. You know, maybe in the future they'll put it back on there and um, they will do like what Disney Plus does and give like, you know, a little warning at the front, like, hey, this reflects, um, you know, attitudes of the time that maybe aren't appropriate today. I don't know. Um, maybe um, they just won't put it back on at all. I don't know. But you can go watch it on Amazon Prime Video. Um, you can still get the DVDs. Uh, it's very still possible to watch the episode. No one is stealing the episode from you. So is SpongeBob uh, the latest victim of cancel culture, in my humble opinion? Absolutely not. Um, and that is such a stupid suggestion. But... Very, very interesting. Um, when I heard uh, people on the internet asking that question, is SpongeBob the latest victim of cancel culture? I thought, no, I don't think that he is, but that doesn't mean to say that he never has been in the past. Because actually, um, there are one, maybe two times in SpongeBob history that I would say that absolutely there was a group coming at him um, with uh, torches and pitchforks um, crying, cancel him. Um, this would have been before, you know, uh, quote unquote, cancel culture. But they probably would have, I suppose, like literally said cancel. I don't know if they would have said, said him. I mean, maybe these people thought that SpongeBob was a real person. They very well could have. A lot of their arguments were pretty freaking stupid, so I wouldn't put it back. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, we're, we're out of the news, and we're now jumping into some history. Well, if SpongeBob exists in the future, I better go to the past. Okay, um, before I jump into this head first, let me just take a step back and give you just a brief summary of all that I'm about to tell you about. Um, in the mid-2000s, mid-aughts, um, a group of conservative evangelical Christians sought to... Um, have Spongebob canceled, deplatform, whatever you want to call it, um, because they felt that um, Spongebob uh, either was gay and or um, the show uh, promoted a quote-unquote gay agenda. Let's talk about it. Um, okay, uh, let's start first uh, with an article, a New York Times article um, from 2005 titled Conservatives Pick Soft Target, a Cartoon Sponge. Um, the article starts on the heels of electoral victories, barring same-sex marriage. Some influential conservative Christian groups are turning their attention to a new target, the cartoon character SpongeBob SquarePants. Does anybody know here SpongeBob? Dr. James C. Dobson, the founder of Focus on the Family, asked the guest Tuesday night at a black tie dinner for members of Congress and political allies to celebrate the election results. I cannot believe this is a real story. Um, it continues, SpongeBob needed no introduction. In addition to his popularity among children who watch his cartoon show, uh, he has become a well-known camp figure among adult gay men, perhaps because he holds hands with his animated sidekick Patrick and likes to watch the imaginary television show The Adventures of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Now, Dr. Dobson said, SpongeBob's creators had enlisted him in a, quote, pro-homosexual video in which he appeared alongside children's television colleagues like Barney and Jimmy Neutron, among many others. The makers of the video, he said, planned to mail it to thousands of elementary schools to promote a, quote, tolerance pledge that includes tolerances for differences of, quote, sexual identity. Okay, so the article goes on from there, um, but I'll pause there. Um, the the video that he is referring to uh, was a video put together um, in the same year um, by the 
let's see, what is her name? Uh, ah, shoot, sorry, dead air, dead air. We are Family Foundation. Um, so the video is just like a, it's just like a music video uh, set to the song "We Are Family," and then you know, occasionally like some Muppets sing along, and there are like occasional clips. Um, uh, of different cartoons mixed in there, but it's like honestly mostly like Muppets. You, like I said, you can go online and look up this video. I thought that maybe there would be something in the video that would explicitly say like, we accept people of all different you know walks of life. Da -da -da -da. But it literally is just, it's just the song, We Are Family. And then if you go, or at least at the time, if you went to their website, um, they would say something to the effect of, um, we want to advocate tolerance, um, regardless of race, religion, um, and among that list, um, you know, sexual orientation. Now, um, in the video, like, I kid you not, Spongebob is barely in this music video. Which d does make you wonder, why did Mr. Focus on the Family focus so much on Spongebob Squarepants? Well, I've got a quote later um, that we'll talk a little bit about uh, why one of the um, um, people who worked on the show thinks that maybe that is. But um, this then became just like this huge thing, like every news um, outlet was talking about, is Spongebob gay? So uh, Steven Hillenberg responds to those questions and um, in... Uh, 2005, the same year, um, in an interview with uh, Reuters, he tells them it doesn't have anything to do with what we're trying to do. We never intended them to be gay. I consider them to almost be asexual. We're just trying to be funny, and this has got nothing to do uh, with the show. Um, Focus on the Family founder James Dobson last week criticized the nonprofit We Are Family Foundation Group's Pro Diversity music video for children and which includes Spongebob. Their inclusion of the reference to sexual identity within their tolerance pledge is not only unnecessary, but it crosses a moral line. The article goes on, uh, the Hollywood-based Hillenberg, a marine science teacher turned animator who is married with a six-year-old son, says there are, quote, more important issues to worry about. I really don't pay much attention to this. Um, many people around this time also point out that uh, three years prior, SpongeBob's creator Steven Hillenberg had already done an interview with BBC News um, titled Camp Cartoon Star is, quote, not gay. Uh, and he says uh, in this, um, everybody is different and the show embraces that. The character SpongeBob is an oddball. He's kind of weird, but he's kind of special. I always think of them as being somewhat asexual. Jump back to the uh, New York Times article. That article ends this way. Um, on Wednesday, however, uh, Paul Batira, assistant to Mr. Dobson at Focus on the Family, said the group stood by its accusation. We see the video as an insidious means by which the organization is manipulating and potentially brainwashing kids. He said it is a classic bait and switch. So th th now this is like a huge hubbub. Um, we're going to jump over now to a handful of quotes that I've pulled from uh, uh, an oral history of SpongeBob SquarePants um, of different people who worked on the show um, talking about their experiences with it. So first, this is a quote from Tom Yasumi. Uh, he says this, um, when some conservatives started saying that Spongebob is gay and is turning the kids gay, uh, we all found it very amusing because after all, Spongebob lives next door to Squidward, who loves to sing and uh, dance and plays with his flute all day. And then Spongebob is gay? Oh, but wait, this is only a cartoon. 
Tom Kenny recounts, Squidward dodged the bullet in that story. He's taking his bubble bass and doing his interpretive dance. It's been fun to ride those waves. The Christian writes, bizarre belief that the comedy of SpongeBob is an attempt by the creators of the show to inculcate preschoolers into a homosexual lifestyle is just wild. If only we could harness this phony anger and fake outrage into healthcare and education, we could move mountains. But I guess that kind of controversy means you've arrived. Okay, SpongeBob is an answer on Jeopardy, and the Christian right is mad at us. I guess we're a part of the cultural fabric. Um, Eric Coleman has a hefty quote, um, and I think his perspective is really helpful here. He says, um, I had several reactions. One, I laughed because it's ridiculous. Uh, it also brought more attention to the show. It got people who didn't know anything about the show talking about it and being aware of it, and it helps the show. But I, I was frustrated that someone could make an issue out of nothing purely to advance his own agenda and his own name. Here we are talking about Dobson, when I had uh, never even heard of him before prior to that. And uh, I assume that 90% of the people talking about it had never heard of him either. Uh, he very cleverly hitched his agenda to this very successful TV show, and he allowed it to pull him into the spotlight. So I thought it was aggravating that his tactic actually worked for him. And then I'll, I'll pause there just to interject. This is what I was referring to earlier, and I agree. Because, again, SpongeBob is not <laughs> in this video that um, Focus on the Family was attacking at this point, um, like, barely at all. Um, there had been conversations uh, around, you know, SpongeBob's sexuality in the past, but in context, it's, it's very clear that a specific group rode the popularity of SpongeBob SquarePants at the time um, to get their own uh, whatever agenda in front of everybody on every news network in uh, America. Anyway, Eric Coleman keeps going. It made him look foolish to people who already were inclined to think he was foolish, um, but I think it raised his profile among people who didn't know who he was. Ultimately, I think it made him look foolish because of the seriousness with which he attacked the situation, but I also blame the media for making such a big deal out of nothing. The truth is, I don't recall how many statements he made. He probably made one or two proclamations, and then it was like the media had nothing else to talk about. No wars or political questions or foreign policy. All they wanted to talk about is, is SpongeBob gay? As if Nickelodeon was behind the scenes engineering the show for that reason. It was just a silly proposition. I really think that he never had any goal other than exploiting the situation for his own gain. Then we have a short quote um, from Derek Dryman, and he just says this, SpongeBob isn't gay or straight. He's innocent. He's just a kid. When your young son or nephew holds hands with another little boy, do you think he's gay? If SpongeBob holds hands with Patrick, it's because he's his best friend and he loves him. I think the whole thing is part of a larger agenda to stigmatize gay people. And I'll just interject again. I agree with uh, Derek Dryman's take here, too. And then lastly, um, we've got a quote from Jay Lender. He says uh, this. A lot of people suggested that SpongeBob was gay or gay themed, but it's not. SpongeBob's just a kid. Sex doesn't exist for him. It's completely outside his understanding and doesn't motivate him in any way. So in the Fry Cook games, when Pat and SpongeBob get buff, take off their shirts and wrestle, and strain against each other, it's because their dumb kid argument has finally erupted into physical conflict, not because they're gay. And when they strip down to their underwear, it's because underwear is just funny, not because they're gay. And when they walk off into the sunset, mostly naked, hand in hand, it's because they're friends forever and love each other, just like friends should, not because they're gay. So. 
uh, with that last quote, you can kind of see why it made sense to um, bring that up this episode um, with the Fry Cook games. Last thing I'll say, um, just to kind of tie a bow on this, um, this is a conversation that still continues um, to today. It's not so much like, um, you know, uh, far right evangelicals like uh, kicking up dirt about is spongebob gay or whatever though i'm sure that that still happens plenty um but there are genuine conversations around like are there supposed to be like gay undertones in the show is that meant um to be read into it um and a really excellent interview um from 2019 that listener of the show the lemonade actually sent me um it basically has uh just a um, like 40 minute interview with Derek Dryman, creative director of the show, um, where uh, the School of Visual Arts at uh, what school is this? S School of Visual Arts, New York City. You can listen to his full answer, and I recommend that you do because it is like really interesting and, and ties a bow on the whole conversation. But somebody asks, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, is that meant to be read into this show? And Derek Dryman, similar to what he says in an oral history of SpongeBob SquarePants, basically says like there's kind of two sides to this. Um, one side is um, no, there, there's not anything sexual any one way or the other in SpongeBob. Um, he says specifically that the entire world of SpongeBob takes place in a world that exists before puberty entirely. And then he um, kind of adds on that, uh, that on the flip side of that, um, there absolutely is a message in SpongeBob of inclusion of, uh, you know, outsiders feeling um, known and loved. Um, and so if that's what you're reading into it, then you're absolutely correct in reading that. So um, he goes into more detail in the interview, um, and I don't want to read everything verbatim, nor do I want to pull um, audio from the interview without their permission. So by all means, if you're more interested in that, click on the video. The whole thing's interesting, but you can skip to the very end of the video um, to hear him discuss that question. So now, if that ever comes up in conversation, I don't know how much that comes up in conversation, but now you have a little bit of uh, SpongeBob history that you can um, explain to your friends. Okay, with that, like I mentioned, we're discussing Fry Cook games today, so let's jump into just a little bit of Trivia O'Clock. Here are a few trivias today, um, at least like our traditional trivias. Um, a couple ones. Um, for one, uh, in the more montage uh, that we'll uh, see today in the Jellyfisher, um, Jellyfish Hunter episode, um, it's the one where Mr. Cub's like, more, 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 you know. Um, there's a blink and you'll miss it image of a very hideous looking Mr. Krabs, and basically that's now a meme. Um, I don't normally uh, shout out SpongeBob memes anymore just because they're so ubiquitous, but this one is so hidden and so obscure and so specific that I just felt like I wanted to point it out. Um, with that, uh, another interesting little tidbit, uh, in the original storyboards uh, for this episode, there were more, uh, a couple more grotesque shots of Mr. Krabs like that, that um, either were cut just because they decided to only have one, or the plan was always just to have one, and they just decided in post which one that they would use. And then lastly, um, this episode was originally titled Jellyfish Stalker. So that's interesting. Okay. Let's jump into the episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about any of the things that we discussed today, please, by all means, write into sponge at spamrobots.com. Um, if you like the podcast, leave a review in Apple Podcasts to help us get found um, or uh, share, um, you know, from Spotify to your Instagram story or whatever. How about others listen to the podcast? All right. Let's jump into the episode. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Absorbing Yellow, a SpongeBob deep dive. With us today on the podcast is Sadie Westrom. Sadie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sam. Happy to be here. Living Good. the best life. Living the best freaking life. And yeah. uh, Sadie's uh, husband 
has been on before, Tim Westrom. So mm-hmm. not that, you know, Sadie's her own, you know, human in her own right. Um, yes. But she, uh, <laughs> if you recognize the last name, that is why. Uh, Sadie, <laughs> would you tell us a little bit about your history with SpongeBob SquarePants? Uh, did you grow up watching it? All that good stuff? Oh, Yeah. It was on probably every day. I very specifically remember in elementary school, like it was always on in that great time frame, like between breakfast and leaving for school. Mm, mm-hmm. So you could watch a complete episode, which is the two mini episodes, I guess. Yeah. And I remember watching it all the time and yeah. loving it and having my neighbors who were friends didn't watch it. And my yeah. sister and I were like, you you don't watch SpongeBob? Uh-huh. What do you do? Like, yeah. what do you do all day? Right. And I, yeah, it was always on, always loved it. Even my parents liked it. I yeah. very specifically have a memory of my mom just losing her mind to the name tag episode where oh, yeah. it was his name tag. Uh-huh. She always thought that was the funniest thing, <laughs> That's which so we didn't get, but yeah. we let her have it. Uh-huh. That's so funny. I think that uh, your mom might be the first mother of the podcast that we've yes. had that likes SpongeBob, which is great. Shout out. Um, I don't know why so many families, it's like, <laughs> my dad loves SpongeBob, but then like the mom, you know, wasn't interested or whatever, but but that's nah. great. Um, and I agree 100%. Um, it was so confusing growing up. Like even today, running into people who did not watch SpongeBob, I'm just like, right. what? the heck like what yeah what did you do growing up how have you made it this long in your life without watching an episode like right like you make a joke about it and they just stare at you blankly and you're like what do you mean you don't know what weast means yeah you don't Uh know yeah (laughs) and they're like no do you you don't you don't know megan anderson do you I do know Megan Anderson. Okay, so she has not, shouts out to Megan. I don't know. I think Megan listens to this podcast, despite (laughs) she has never watched SpongeBob, except for the one episode that me and Morgan forced her to watch. (laughs) And I'm just like, I I just, I don't get it. So anyway, that's why we're not friends with her anymore. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I brought up Megan. I didn't even have anything interesting or anecdotal about her specifically. Just that she hadn't watched it. Yeah, I, th- I think there's just a part of my heart that's just mad that she hasn't, she didn't grow up watching SpongeBob, so that's why. I I yeah. get that though, because there's so many little quotable moments that I feel like even with Tim and I become stapled jokes. Right. Like for totally. a time being, like the scene where they're on the Flying Dutchman ship, and uh-huh. he's like, "You're good, you're <laughs> right. good." Like right. we just say that, and it's right. not funny, but it is because it's SpongeBob. Uh huh. I yeah, so, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It just bothers me so much because, yeah, we would quote stuff like that to her. Um, the the one episode that we made her watch, uh, she then like texted us later and was like, <laughs> I think that my roommate Jenna is Squidward. And we're like, you get it. You get the, you get the basics of it. Like <laughs> once you start mapping your friends onto the characters, it's like that's all you need to know. And now yeah. you can watch every episode. And but you understand it. That's yeah. all you need. Everybody go follow uh, Megan Nicole underscore hair underscore design on Instagram. <laughs> Um, I just, you know, that's me repaying her for putting her on blast on the <laughs> podcast. Is, she, she gets a plug. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you have a favorite episode of SpongeBob? Oh my gosh. Um, I think one of them would be when they, um, the, the oyster, the oysters mm. or the onions when SpongeBob eats them and he is, and he thinks uh, everyone yeah, thinks yeah. he's ugly, yeah, yeah but it's just, yeah. he has the bad breath. And when he's, 
he's shouting it on the rooftop of his house and he's like i'm ugly and i'm proud and (laughs) squidward just like is sunbathing on the other roof and looks over and he's like is that what he calls it that's so good yeah that's a good one it's a classic Mm -hmm. you you don't have or what what does he say you're not ugly you just have rancid breath yeah nice good okay good one Well, uh, unless you have any other thoughts, shall we jump into our first episode, Jellyfish Hunter? Oh, yeah. Let's jump in. Ah, another beautiful day in Bikini Bottom's own jellyfish fields. An untamed world of natural order where the little jellyfish jellies roam free across the salty seascape. And where there is jellyfish, there is the jellyfish hunter. La 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 You're my 12th catch of the day. I'm gonna call you 12 Kitty kitty goo. Bye, 12 It's you! Well, it's just you and me again. I've caught and named every jellyfish in this field at least once. Except you. No name. We are back with the episode Jellyfish Hunter. This episode was written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Mark O'Hare and was released uh, September 28th, 2000. My computer cut off the date. One, 2001. Oh my uh, gosh. Sh- shortly after 9-11. Shouts out. No, not shouts out. <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll edit that out or maybe I'll leave it in. I don't know. We We're very respectful of... Okay, we're moving on. Uh, what do you think of this episode, Sadie? <laughs> the minute I started it, it was all nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. he puts on the glasses, and when he starts the, like, la, 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 <laughs> yeah. lost my mind. And uh-huh. I immediately, because I watched them with Tim, because he yeah. was like, obviously, I'm going to watch these. Right. And I was like, the blue jellyfish. Where's yeah. the blue jellyfish? It just, like, all came back to me. Uh-huh. And... It's a good episode. I forgot yeah. that that was also, this one's also the one where he puts the jelly on the Krabby Patties. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have a very specific memory of that when he mm-hmm. takes the bun and separates it and the jellies yeah. in between. Uh-huh. Wild. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I, I, so basically I found myself quoting a lot of this, like, like right before the line would come up, I'd say the line out loud. And then like Morgan was like chuckling that I like just remembered everything. And I got to say, I, I often think that I can quote every episode and then I end up Mm -hmm. finding out that I can't, which I found on this podcast, I'll play a clip and then not remember what the exact words were like Mm -hmm. from the clip that I just listened to. But this one specifically, um, there's just like so many different lines. Like, uh, I have the feeling somebody's trying to sell me something, stuff like that. (laughs) I'm just like, what smells like big business? There's just so many good lines in this. And uh, this episode, it's like, it's not quite a, a Mandela effect, but there's this weird thing where I'm like, 
I remember every piece of this episode, but it mm-hmm. feels like three different episodes in my mind. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah that's it. This episode, and that's it. This episode, that's so I remember no name, and I remember mm-hmm. uh hey, all you people, and I remember <laughs> big business, but I'm like, these are all in the same story. So yeah. right. Yeah, I, I feel like there's so much that goes into this episode because the beginning of it and the end of it are very different. Yeah. Like it uh-huh. starts with just SpongeBob jellyfish right. uh-huh. hunting and stuff and living his life. And then the end is him like taking down Mr. Crab's right. factory jellyfish right. business and right. saving the day. Yeah. At some point I have in my notes like this is such a big story for for a right. SpongeBob episode. You know, usually SpongeBob episodes are very, very like small and contained. Like, you know, SpongeBob rips his pants. SpongeBob uh, mm-hmm. blows bubbles in the front yard or something. But this goes so many places, and I have to say, like, you know, um, it's I, I don't even know if I would ordinarily put this in like my top five or something. It's like a fantastic mm-hmm. episode, but. You know, my top five is like stuff like Band Geeks, um, oh, uh, yes. uh, uh, Tentacle Acres, you know, mm-hmm. SB 129, stuff like that. Um, but I have to say, this is probably one of the best written episodes. Just like mm-hmm. how clever the, like, I mean, it's too much to say like the hero's journey, but what there's something right. I, I need Morgan to tell me like what in English <laughs> teacher terms is happening here. But even yeah. just like the pieces of like, like I wrote down jellyfish uh, population 4 million. I was like, that's <laughs> such like a silly like detail. I never caught that before. And then the, right. at the end of the episode, they like come back to it, like population one or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so clever. Like the way that they just like breadcrumb it out and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So. I felt like one of the things I noticed was they take every opportunity opportunity in the episode mm-hmm. to make it great. Like yeah. one of my favorite moments is when it cuts to they're at the Krusty Krab and he's like, Mr. Krabs, I'm going to take my break. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. you got five minutes. And he goes, that's one more than yesterday. Uh-huh. Lost my mind. Yeah. Like just little moments like that. I think totally build it up to make it like they use every moment for a good like uh-huh. story building or comedic moment and right. they do it really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's, there's no like fat on this episode and it lends Mm-mm. itself to like, there's so many quick jokes like that, that I could rewatch <laughs> this episode and be like, I never caught that. He says that or whatever, you know? Oh and yeah. The texture, like there's one clip that we'll play later that I'm just like the detail in this scene that like just adds to it. They never draw attention to it or whatever, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's Five out of five SpongeBob writing. Like, oh yeah, there's yeah, there's so much that goes into it. Like, I also have a very distinct memory of when No Name calls SpongeBob at his yeah. house and he's just uh-huh. breathing into the yeah. phone. Uh huh. I, I remember I was- that freaking me out as a kid totally. and now i'm like this is hilarious mm-hmm. and when i was a kid i, I didn't get the reference to whatever uh <laughs> oh, what morgan told me today because she's like a huge horror fan but uh what the frick it's, it it's like he's in the house or whatever uh maybe unless you know it i'm just hey morgan. i am not into horror <laughs> uh what's the name of the horror movie where uh the call's coming from inside the house when a stranger calls, that's what it is. Ooh. So anyway, I did. I clearly, I was gonna say I didn't know that when I was a kid. Clearly, I still can't even retain that today. Um, but, but now, like, it's like, yeah, a clear like, you know, because in that, it's like there's a babysitter or whatever, 
and mm-hmm. they get they keep getting phone calls of just somebody like breathing heavy or whatever. Um, right. And then they find out that it's coming from inside the house, you know. Um so funny though. So yeah, all that to say, like, even when I was a kid, I didn't get any of that, but I was just like, this is really creepy and really funny, and now it's like tucked away in my head of like I don't know. That's just like a trope of, you know. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And even another moment in that that keeps happening is like the lights are going out and everything's yeah. getting weird. <laughs> and every time something gets weird, SpongeBob uh-huh. blames it on Gary. Yeah. Every time. Uh-huh. like He's like, Gary must have forgot to pay the electric bill. I know. It's so cute. I wrote down <laughs> the same thing, which I had never <laughs> caught before. But he keeps blaming yeah. things on Gary that clearly could not be Gary. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, so it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Just those little tiny things mm-hmm. got me really bad in this episode in yeah. the best way. Yeah. That's great. Well, so SpongeBob, um, he's jellyfishing. He catches, what is it? It's the 12th catch of the day. So he names him 12. Um, also and he meets, amazing moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he meets uh, old no name again. Mm-hmm. Does not catch him, um, which sets us up for a, a cute conclusion at the end. Um, and then... Uh, we get one of the most classic uh, uh, impromptu music numbers in SpongeBob history. Um, yes. So before this, it's very cute. SpongeBob, um, he's eating his uh, jellyfish Krabby Patty or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, he says, "Excuse me, sir, what's that?" And he just very politely, like, <laughs> "Why, sir? This, this is, is a hole. <laughs> I am a sponge." I'm like, "Wow, SpongeBob's just so polite and like, you know, like, oh, let me explain this, uh, you know." ignorance that this person has anyway um that's not what he's asking for uh let's listen to this next clip um when he finds out um after taking a bite of spongebob sandwich (laughs) amazing i've got to tell someone about this hey all you people hey all you people hey all you people won't you listen to me just had a sandwich, no ordinary sandwich, a sandwich filled with jellyfish jelly. Hey man, you got to try this sandwich. It's no ordinary sandwich. It's the tastiest sandwich in the sea. Skip it a bit about a mood about a daddy now, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. SpongeBob, who's playing Squidward's records again? No one, Mr. Krabs. I was just sharing my jellyfish jelly with the customers. Mmm. Oh, oh my goodness. Here, Mr. Krabs. Send your taste buds on a journey. Mixing with the patties formula. That's mutiny. Why, I ought out, sir. This is the greatest thing I've ever eaten. I'm going to come back here for lunch every day for the rest of my life. Hey, buddy. You all right? You okay, Mr. K? Oh my gosh. The minute he <laughs> ate the sandwich, I sang every word. Yeah. I know there's like that memory thing where there's just like uh, a certain spot in your brain that remembers song lyrics. Right. And I right. just had that moment of, I haven't heard this song in years. Uh-huh. I know every single word <laughs> to it. Uh-huh. That's so good. Sadie, did you do, I feel, I, maybe I'm wrong, but did you do like musical theater or anything like that, either in high school or college or? 
I did. I did. Yeah. I did. I was going to yeah. mention very uh-huh. off topically, but yes. my, my mother who loves SpongeBob is actually mm-hmm. doing SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical this oh, year no at way. our high school. So, That's so fun. Like this feel, school year, like, yeah, uh, like 2021, in a couple yeah. weeks. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so great. Yeah. Me and Morgan, um, watched that at some point over the, the lockdown and then like reviewed it on the yeah. podcast and stuff. It is a surprisingly like, well thought out musical yep. and especially like i don't i'm not an expert at musicals at all mm-hmm. uh, morgan is a little bit more than me but we were watching it and she was like this is actually quite impressive like the amount yeah. of detail in this and stuff but but anyway so that's yeah. great side tangent but yes yeah, i yeah. did do musical theater and stuff uh-huh so the reason yeah. i was asking is just because um you know sometimes we have uh i don't know if you'd consider yourself like an expert in in the area but you know when i've had uh sarah wadka on or like my mm-hmm. friend hunter pruger on in the past or whatever they'll like explain music stuff or whatever i do not have that level of of expertise <laughs> but it seems like you know um like when we reviewed uh the episode um that uh breaks out into song like a stove is just a stove a grill is just a grill a, it's not the same without a you masterpiece you know? yes. masterpiece and my friend hunter pointed out and i had never noticed before like there is a key change 30 seconds into this song you know um i'm like yeah that is a good deal i just knew that it was like dramatic but I'm, like anyway so this song um i i don't know all the technical terms but like you get like one verse in it crescendos and then he like breaks it down, you know, like the, the tempo changes and everything. Like, am I correct? Yeah. In, no, yeah. absolutely. I don't uh-huh. know. I, I know about musical things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't know technicalities well enough. Right. I feel like if I were to describe it, it's kind of like big band kick right. line. Right. It like transitions yeah. to uh-huh. like, it's just kind of like this hyper, like go, go, totally. go song. And then it just <laughs> does like a halftime, like, it looks uh-huh. like there would be like a kick line around him. And then right. he just scats at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, okay, yeah, let's That's go. so funny. I think, and he does start kicking, right? Or does he and all the rest of the fish? I think they I form think, a kicking line. Yeah, but. I think so a little bit. Or he's just like splatting yeah. the jelly on their Krabby oh, Patties. Right. Yeah. That's so it's funny. It's a wonderful number. Mm-hmm. And then one of the most underrated lines in all of SpongeBob is uh, Mr. Krabs yelling, um, SpongeBob, <laughs> who's playing Squidward's records again? I thought it was so freaking funny. And Squidward doesn't even show up in this episode or the next oh, one no. at all. But He's just not in he the... Gets, yeah, he gets so thrown under the bus. It's so funny. But also just the word at the end, again. Like, yeah, this has exactly. happened before. Like, someone uh-huh. has played Squidward's records openly at the Krusty Krab. Uh-huh. And then Mr. Krabs has just gotten mad about it and He's got someone up. in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Mr. Krabs, like, how about, how about, how about, reminded me a lot of a different episode where uh, uh, Squilliam returns or SpongeBob's like table for Hamana. So that's yes. just a silly writing uh, trick there. And then I'll, I don't right. know why, but there's something really cute and um, funny about SpongeBob saying, You okay, Mr. K? I, I don't, there's, yeah. it, there's nothing beyond just the fact that Mr. K is cute in my mind. But yeah. But yeah. Well, and just that he's just like, Is everything okay? Like, he cares about him clearly uh-huh. and yeah just that yeah. little moment to show that mm-hmm. so in the next scene he um you know mr krabs really i, I was like it's like a, such a delightful episode and it does such a good job of making you hate mr krabs because he mm-hmm. he's like i have a proposal for you um like how about you wrangle up some more of those money fish i mean jellyfish um and 
he, for one, he's like, uh, you know, I'm getting paid to jellyfish is a dream come true. And he says, keep dreaming. This will be on your time. But then he, he, he says something to the effect of like, um, are you not going to do this? Or have you like lost your love for the customer or whatever? And I'm just like, what a manipulative little bleep, Mr. Krabs. Yeah. It, yeah. No, he says, you've stopped caring for the customer. And SpongeBob's like, like crestfallen. No, I haven't. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That did. I I usually like Mr. Krabs because it's mm-hmm. just like, he's like such of interesting form of comedy right. with just like uh, the money hungry, like right. overworked boss kind of character. But uh, in this episode... I felt like it was less funny and I was yeah. kind of like, why are you doing this? And right. ugh, it's like the yeah. whole, Hey, do you want to work overtime? And you're like, yeah. well, no. And your yeah. boss is like, do you hate your job? It's like, that's totally. not what I said. Uh-huh. <laughs> so in that same way, it's like, just let the man jellyfish because right. he likes it. And right. Especially cause he was about to agree to do it anyway. Like, right. Oh, like, man. you don't have to guilt him more into it. Uh-huh. Man. That would be a negative for Mr. Krabs. Negatory. Minus one point. Yeah, minus one point for the house of Mr. K. Yes. Um, <laughs> have you had a moment at work at any, like, uh, your current job or past job? Well, I guess you just started your new job today, so maybe you can't speak of this at your current job. But at any of the jobs that you've had where you've been like, I'm getting paid to do this, this is like a dream come true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, what was it? I worked at Workiva in Ames. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. a great job. And all uh-huh. I did was refill snacks and coffee. That's and it was amazing. amazing. I just got yeah. to talk to people and give them coffee and snacks. Uh-huh. And it's great. great. I've enjoyed most of the, uh, my jobs in my life, including my current one. Um, uh, but I, but I have to say, um, the, uh, one of the like times I felt the most bliss about my job was after I had just quit uh, the restaurant that I had worked in the kitchen of for three years mm-hmm. and then was now working in an office on Iowa state's campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they were like very apologetic about how much work I was going to have to get done that week. And they're like, mm-hmm. so sorry, you have to file all of these folders by the end of the week. And I'm like, that, this is it. Like I would <laughs> prep like three times as much in an afternoon at the restaurant or whatever. And at one point, they were like, hey, do you think that you could run this down to the mailbox, you know, down the street, the one that like all of the side rides would go down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was really into penny boarding at the time. And so I like rode nice. my penny board down the street. There's like beautiful weather. And I'm just holding this like envelope and I'm just like looking for like the blue mailbox. And I just was like, after three years of just suffering and being, <laughs> I think a pretty good employee, but co- under constant pressure, like Mr. Krabs is doing of like, don't you let, I mean- they even scheduled me for an extra shift and I like, you know, tried to tell them like, Hey, just a heads up. You accidentally scheduled me for an extra shift. <laughs> and they're like, are you going to do as dirty like that on your last shift and not show oh up? Oh my like, gosh, bro. I'm quitting. Like I, <laughs> I could just leave today. Like I'm just trying to help you out and be like, Hey, I won't be here on Monday. You know? So after going from that to this, I just had this like moment of euphoria of like, I'm being paid to penny board down the street in beautiful weather. <laughs> And then I'm going to turn around and come back and like file folders, like for some learning right. opportunity. And so anyway, I can relate to SpongeBob here. And, you yeah. know, it turned out uh, positive for me in the end, unlike uh, for SpongeBob. So, yeah, yeah, super big bummer. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, um, SpongeBob, uh, you know, he, he goes on this jellyfish hunting spree um, and there's a very cute like montage of like more, more, more. And I, that's like yes. a line burned into my head. Um, yep. And then we cut to jellyfish fields for this next clip. Um, and SpongeBob has wrangled up all the jellyfish mm-hmm. at jellyfish fields. Well, there's no more. Now that's jellyfishing. It feels like somebody wants to sell me something. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he was on to us. I'm not interested in anything you're selling. Gee, it sure felt like. Ah, I must be working too hard. Hello, SpongeBob's house. SpongeBob speaking. Hello? (laughs) Oh, man. I, when I was a kid, I lost my freaking mind when they cut to behind the rock and it's the two guys like, I told you he was on to us. Yes. Like, I vividly remember the first time seeing this episode and just being like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Well, just because it's so like, I feel like (laughs) instead of because you anticipate he's going to say, I feel like someone's following me or I feel like someone's stalking me. But instead, it's the specific. I Uh feel like someone's trying to sell me something. Right. And then there actually are people. Right. I know. And then I thought of this scene every time, like through high school or whatever, for whatever club I was in or whatever, where you had to like sell, you know, gift cards or whatever, like just how demoralizing it is to like (laughs) have to ask people and raise money for stuff and stuff. And just like, yeah, I have felt how those people feel like I told you he was onto us, man. Like, right. But also like, what's their story? Why were they following him in the middle (laughs) of the night? And what are they trying to sell him at that Uh point? (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, it's so funny. And how paranoid and scared they are about it too. Like, Like, do you think if they're trying to sell him something, the point would be to confront him, to sell him something. And then the minute he like turns around to confront them, they're like, nope, never mind." Right, right. Because their cover's blown and like the whole, you know, element of surprise is gone and stuff. (laughs) And it's just so freaking funny. And it's one of those things that like, you know, um, SpongeBob will occasionally make jokes about like, you know, a a method of torture is like daytime television and stuff like that, that I Mm -hmm. didn't really get when I was a kid, but they're so specific (laughs) to mundane adulthood that I'm just like... I've now tucked it away in my mind of like, oh, that's a thing. Like, you know, I was taught as a kid, like the the mundane uh, banality of somebody trying to sell you something is this like thing that you could be trapped into, you know. And right. then that SpongeBob, like they commit to the joke that by the time he's home, he's still like, I'm not interested in what you're selling. It's like yeah. so funny. They could have dropped the joke at like the cut behind the rock, but he just continues to think like somebody's going to sell you something. It's just very, very <laughs> cute and funny oh it is it's adorable 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously paranoid and I'm like, no, but still <laughs> just that he's so like, like out of everything to be paranoid about that uh, someone's going to sell you something. Granted, yeah. I feel that way at the mall when you walk by the wrong right. kiosk and they're like, oh, yeah. hey, do you uh-huh. want to? And you're like, no, but you also right. want to be polite. But you're like, right. no, uh-huh. I felt that. So. Yeah. Or like, yeah, you, you try to that. Honestly, it's like uh, a very specific, you know, reference, but it feels like playing Pokemon where I'm trying to not make eye contact with another trainer because I'm just trying to get through the area. You know, I feel like that is in real life when you're going through a mall and you're like, don't make eye contact. And then you do and you're like, gosh, dang it. And it's like, oh. diddle, 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 and then you're just like, run, run. Like, One. I don't want to buy yeah. your, like, you know, no. t-shirt or whatever, or you're like uh, uh, a henna ink tattoo or whatever. You right. Know? But I, yeah. that's like the perfect analogy. I feel that uh-huh. anytime I like miss <laughs> the eye gaze yeah. of a trainer and then you like beat the champion and you're just right. like hanging out and then you run into them and you're like, yeah, dang it. Uh-huh. This is uh. going to take me 10 minutes just to get through the menus and everything. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm gonna just murder your level right. five whatever you have uh-huh I've just let's the move God on of pokemon already <laughs> and i have to fight your badoof or whatever you know yeah i'm the but. literal champion of this region you really want to uh-huh. do this right now yeah anyways anyway. pokemon anyway. great yeah back this is a uh, <laughs> this is spongebob uh, pokemon deep dive whatever i couldn't think of a funny oh, name it's okay Quickly enough yeah maybe another um, time Another time. Uh, so at this point, this is where I had in my notes. Um, I'll get it, Gary. It's just so cute because like Gary can't answer the phone. And so he's like, oh, I'll get it. You know, don't even worry about it. And then again, when he's like, oh, Gary must have forgotten to pay the electric bill. Like just so obvious, like that can't be what it is. But he's just in so like self-denial and, and paranoia that he's like, right. Just making up reasons in his head for like why everything could be happening, you know? Well, it's another funny moment too. Cause like earlier they mentioned like, oh, is someone playing Squidward's records again? And he never shows up. And right. then now again, they're like, oh, Gary, I'll get it. Yeah. And Gary's never in the episode or even to be totally. seen. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a like, good point. Who are you talking to? <laughs> uh-huh. And even like it's it it rewards um, fans of the show because you A, know who Squidward is, but then B, we even see the, the silhouette of No Name like, you know, scurrying into the kitchen and it totally mm-hmm. looks like Gary. It sounds like Gary, you know, and it, yeah. So yeah, masterclass writing again. Oof. So uh, no name, of course, has laid a trap for him. Uh, blue jelly. I thought it was funny that it takes SpongeBob a minute to put together that it's blue jelly, even though it's like very clearly, you know. Yeah, like <laughs> hanging over the side of right. the patty. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. But so then uh, he, of course, gets caught by um, no name, which I thought was like uh, very very clever. Um, yeah, puts it, him in the jar. Uh huh. And I think that you kind of start to get the sense earlier in the episode that this is kind of like um, the the theme is like environmentalism or or conservationism. Um, Oh, yeah, (laughs) totally. And Stephen Hillenberg, creator of SpongeBob, was a huge conservationist because, I mean, his Mm -hmm. passion was marine biology and stuff like that. So it makes perfect sense that they would eventually touch on it. A lot of sense. Um, occasionally on this podcast, I shout out not funny parts from the episode, but funny parts of watching the episode with Morgan. Cause she just says really <laughs> weird stuff. Um, yeah. but she just straight face said, this episode is what avatar thought they would be, um, referring to the James Cameron <laughs> film. Um, so anyway, there's oh. that, there's a nugget of Morgan wisdom for you. Wow. But, That's yeah. deep. Uh, uh-huh. anyway, think about um, that one. <laughs> Sadie, are you pro wildlife? <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Okay. Love love the animals. Nice. Save them Me too. all. Yeah, I'm really great with keeping them and saving our environment. <laughs> but, well, I, we check uh, that off. I do have an adopted animal. I don't. Oh, nice. This is random. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but it's based off of like a Pikachu. It's like a little mountain oh. rodent called the Pika. Oh, is it? It's not yellow, is it? No. You, I didn't know you guys had an animal. I mean, it's not a physically in our house. It's a, I have this adopted oh. as like a wildlife conservation thing. Yeah. But I mean, we do have an animal. We have a newly acquired hamster named Scooter. So oh. we're very into the wildlife. <laughs> yeah. Into little rodents. Yes. Think, is this correct? It looks like it's just called yes. a Pika. Yep. Wow. That's so cool. Shouts out to science for naming stuff after Pokemon. Yeah. I'm glad I've lived <laughs> right? this long to see this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought you were I thought when you said we do have an adopted animal, I thought you were like saying like, as opposed to, you know, um, like, like adopt, don't we're renting. Yeah. Well, or that, I guess you, you could also <laughs> rent an animal, but like the adopt, don't, it doesn't matter. Um, animals, we love them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to this next clip. Um, uh, SpongeBob gets taken by no name, um, and figures out what Mr. Krabs has been up to all along. What smells like big business? Hey, I don't remember that factory. What kind of monster is responsible for this horror? That's it, boys. Keep that gelatinous gold flowing. Mr. Krabs? No. Now I know why you brought me here. But what can we do? Mr. Krabs! Stop this madness! Stop it right now! Hey, hey, uh, this isn't what it looks like, SpongeBob. We, uh, we're just uh, 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 having a little tea party. And of course, SpongeBob's stoked about the tea party before uh, No Name points out. I love, I love that <laughs> moment. Oh, like he's like, oh, a yeah. tea party, and then <laughs> yeah. No Name's like slaps him. He's like, uh-huh. what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's so funny. Like it, it would for SpongeBob just be like, oh. Like he gave his explanation of what, you know, they're all doing there or whatever. Yeah. I think one thing I noticed re-listening to that clip uh, is something I've been like paying more attention to is just soundtracks and like movies yeah. and uh, uh-huh. and TV series and stuff because they can be so cool. And this, yeah. the music that is behind the factory yeah. scene is actually so great and very uh-huh. intricate. Like I think of... You know, there's like a whole orchestra of people who uh-huh. came together to play right. this song for this one moment in the SpongeBob episode. Absolutely. Like, that's excellent. And I love that. Uh-huh. That's so funny. No, that's exactly what I was going to say, too. Like, um, I observed listening to that clip. Like, for one, I was like, oh, I forgot. This is a very visual scene. I probably didn't mm-hmm. need to pull this much audio or whatever. But then the further we got into it, I was like, actually, no, the sound effects 
in this scene are incredible. And then the music, like this like stands above like probably most other SpongeBob episodes for just how epic the music is. Yes. And how much it like, you know, just rides these different emotions and stuff. Like we go from obviously like the more kind of typical SpongeBob music, carefree at the start, ukulele, mm-hmm. stuff like that, to then this like horror like something bumps in the night type music Mm -hmm. like you know a a psychological thriller to then just like these such an intense orchestra and specifically when he smashes through the window and it's like like yes mr krabs it's like so epic and it's an 11 minute cartoon but they've like (laughs) just so crescendoed and they're at this like climax of action here and then on top of that the chef's kiss moment, like uh, <laughs> peace, the resistance, whatever, is the cherry on top. Is um that Mr. Krabs that we get to hear the music he's listening to, and it's like da 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 da, dance dance dance. And they did not need that detail at all, no. and that and that you can kind of hear when he lifts his headphone off, it like lowers in volume and stuff. I'm like. That is like like what you were talking about earlier of like how much detail they put into just the texture of the background and everything. I'm yeah. Like, this is such a lived in world. It's so good. Oh, yeah. It's so funny, too. I feel like it's so fitting. Like he would be listening to like, let's go like right. happy go lucky music while he's just uh-huh. like exploiting these jellyfish. Right. So. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I yeah. agree. That's a very cherry on top <laughs> uh-huh. feature that they add. <laughs> uh-huh. It's so good. Uh, I wrote down in my notes at this point, too, that um, I said, I love that no name changes size as needed because sometimes he's like, you know, about a third bigger than SpongeBob. Sometimes he's like as small as SpongeBob's face, you know, mm-hmm. when he's writing on no name, he, he's like huge. I just like stuff like that in cartoons. It's just so fun. Like, yeah, to me. I noticed that too. Cause when SpongeBob's like <laughs> writing on him, I'm like, he got a lot bigger. Yeah, and then they're standing uh-huh. there and he's like back to like normal quote size. Right. And it's like, okay cool i guess we're back Uh uh-huh you to be big for that one little moment and that's all yeah it's so funny um and then that i can't remember if this is in the final scene i have one more clip pulled i can't remember if this is in between clips or in the next clip but um when we saw him on his like exercise bike immediately (laughs) morgan just said uh just the one word peloton out loud oh. i'm like yeah this is kind of a peloton bike you know but then yeah. mr crab says like he tries uh getting away and obviously does not move because <laughs> it's a stationary exercise yes. bike and he says something to the effect of oh he says blasted exercise craze it's just just so funny <laughs> and i was like it is peloton that is what peloton is that's this what it's about <laughs> exercise craze that mr Krabs is suddenly into you know so that that is such a good moment to just like hopping on the bike and like, uh-huh. like, like acting like he's getting away, but he's <laughs> clearly not going anywhere, but he's so into it. Uh-huh. Another note I had was just how do his little tiny legs yeah. reach the pedals? It does not make sense. Uh-huh. At like, all. Like when you look at the bike and then you look at <laughs> Mr. Krabs, you're like, there's no way. There's right. no way he can extend his leg all the way down. Right. But I have That's to look okay. again. I wonder if they show his legs at any point. Like, I, I don't to... remember. Yeah, I'd have to relook at it and see. Yeah, I did catch that his bike seat is like huge. It's like yeah, so insanely big. So anyway, very <laughs> yeah. very funny. 
And then, yeah, the, with the chasing, they, like, have chasing music, so you fully expect it to be a chasing, and then it's just not. It's just... You're just there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> on, the topic, on the topic of Mr. Krabs, uh, a lesser known and lesser appreciated detail about him is that he's very sweaty and apparently smells, um, because so oh. many episodes, like... Uh, Patrick refers to um, Mr. Krabs as being sweaty in the episode arg where they play the board game and he's getting really upset about the board game they're like Mr. Krabs why are you looking all sweaty last yeah. week on Sailor Mouth uh, when he's like Patrick what <laughs> word is this and Patrick says Krabs isn't that that big sweaty guy that you work for and then of course in this um, he says ew it smells like big business which I guess on one reading could just be like it's like a factory so it sound, it smells like air pollution yeah. or whatever but then it could also be read that like you're smelling like the literal sweat that Mr. Krabs is putting of into Mr. this. Mr. So, Krabs. Yeah. That's amazing. So I, I love just, that. <laughs> I appreciate that detail. I had never really caught that before this like watch through that I'm currently on, but yeah. Mr. Krabs he's is just a great always character. sweaty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I remember him being sweaty a lot, whether it was just right. like general, like money anxiety or right. just, I think I, this isn't sweaty, but I think about mm-hmm. the scene where he asked Patrick and SpongeBob to paint his house and right. he melts all the paint because of his yeah. saliva. True. Yeah. Just weird. He, he's, he's kind of a gross old man. Like, <laughs> which there's an episode that is entirely about like how old and gross he is. And you yep. write a song for that too. They um, do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, it makes sense. He's supposed to be like the restaurant owner, you know. That, right was in the Navy and isn't really taking care of his body anymore. And anyway, yeah, he's just kind of greasy, Uh greasy. Yeah. That's the word for it. If a person can be greasy, that's what Mr. Krabs is. (laughs) But anyway, um, so in this last clip, um, I laughed very hard. SpongeBob pulls up a wrench and he's like, we could use some fresh air. And I had my nose like, holy crap, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill Mr. Krabs. Like, so anyway, let's listen to this last clip as they wrap the episode up. Easy, boy. What are you doing with that? Something that should have been done a long time ago. No! The squeaky bolt on this door was driving me crazy. <sighs> and now I'm going to set these jellyfish free. <laughs> well, you can't. The door is voice activated and it will only open if I say... jelly off the menu. He really got burned on that deal. Ah! All is as it should be. I promise never to use this net for anything but pure sport again. Jellyfish aren't meant to be captured forever. Oh, no name. I guess I can name you now. I'll call you friend. Oh, it's so cute. He just like flies into his net like they've yeah. reconciled and uh-huh. Oh, it's so sweet. And I like 
like there's so much build up to this factory and like mm-hmm. all this stuff and the wrench scene we can talk about in more yeah, detail yeah. but because <laughs> it's so funny it's so but good. even that mr crafts is kind of i don't want to say stupidity but just mm-hmm. like a moment of like absent-mindedness like just it's all done all done right. like it won't open until <laughs> i say open and like yeah. that's it they're all free uh-huh. everything's good <laughs> i just like love that so much like it's like oh it's over great uh-huh. that and is fun so just yelling freedom <laughs> as they're all leaving he's so stoked he's just out of his yeah. mind and i love to the uh occasionally in this show i'll like hear the music and i'm i get the impression that they are trying to ape some like classic movie theme so they're kind of parodying it and that mm-hmm. song that's played it has to be john williams superman soundtrack like <laughs> like a parody of it like yeah da, 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 da. i'm like it's just yep. so intense and so like exciting and stuff and and then yeah such like a cute like again just shouts out to like the genius writing of this episode they almost have like a, like a buddy cop film or something like that where it's like <laughs> right. the the unexpected duo um or unsuspecting duo like they start out as enemies and then you know spongebob gets captured this twist and now they're like partners in crime by the end they're just like friends i'm like that's right. so genius that in like the five minutes you know of that la- second half they like have this complete character arc for no name and yeah. that no name like is the smartest person in the room too <laughs> yeah. it's so cute and funny and man like I just can't say the praises enough. Uh, the the animation detail, whoever like, I don't know if it was the storyboard artist or someone on the animation team who thought of this, but SpongeBob trying to open the door and he's not grabbing the door handle. He's he's grabbing like the frame of the door itself, <laughs> yeah. which of course is not, and it's bolted to like the wall. So I just always thought, even when I was a kid, I was like, why is he grabbing? And, and at first yeah. I, I always think like, oh, the joke is that he can't open it because he's holding like the frame of the door. But anyway, yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a good little detail too. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I do love that. I haven't, I hadn't thought about it too much <laughs> until you just said like, yeah. he does grab the frame of it. Yeah. And there's clearly a handle that he reaches past to grab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have further thoughts on the, on the wrench scene? The wrench scene is just like, it's so dark for like a second. Like I'm going to do something that should have been done a long time ago. Like implying that there's like this underlying, like malice towards Mr. Krabs. Premeditated murder based on years of working for Mr. Krabs. (laughs) Yeah. And like, the other thing is Mr. Krabs reacts like, that would be something he would right. do, like get yeah. like he's like no don't do it <laughs> right but also then it's like the same energy as the i feel like someone's trying to sell me something right like it just like does a complete turn he's like the bolt on this door has been bothering me forever uh-huh. and it's like you just got there right how, like how did you even know <laughs> just right everything surrounding it uh-huh. is incredible they just commit <laughs> to it so well that's so yes funny. And then I also made a note of um, the voice activated door is like a cute detail. And I, occasionally I'll, I'll we'll get to episodes like this where I have to stop and think like, oh, yeah, that was futuristic back then. Like that was like, yeah, like meant to be like a <laughs> like 
super like high tech sci fi or whatever. Whereas now you don't even think twice about like Alexa, open the door or whatever. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I just love that. It's such like a cute ending. It it does have like kind of a a a biting, ironic ending with him like (laughs) like him him, uh, shocking his hand. But it didn't feel like it undercut the ending for me. It still felt like Mm -hmm. very sweet and like you know just tied a bow on it and. Oh yeah. Well, and even just like. I'm going to call you friend. It's just yeah, like, uh-huh. nice. it's so earnest. It's so yeah. not afraid to like wear its heart on its sleeve. And yeah. Yeah. And 100%. I just love the concept. I love the concept that SpongeBob would just love nature so much. I mean, like yes. we, we've seen this a lot in previous episodes. I mean, in the, in the pilot episode where he meets Sandy, he has mm-hmm. like a guidebook of different mammals and stuff. And oh, he's just yeah. so fascinated with nature. You can tell that he was definitely like a boy scout growing up and stuff. Oh, and yeah. So I like it just makes sense that he would a be so concerned at like towards the start of the episode, like. I'll catch as many as you want, Mr. Krabs, as long as you keep them comfortable, you know? Um, right. And then be that by the end, he's like taking a vow of like, I will never, you know, capture a jellyfish without releasing them or whatever. It's like, just so right. sweet. Well, you even see that it's almost kind of like bookends it too. Cause at the very right. beginning when he's catching them, he's like being very kind and gentle right. and like letting them go. And like uh-huh. at the end, he's like, I'm sticking to that. And you're right. like, great. Yeah. Oh. That's so true. Yes. That's so true. Because it's almost like it's like fleshing out a detail that we know about SpongeBob, which is that he likes nature. He likes jellyfishing, and mm-hmm. it's exploring like you know, is he reverent towards nature, or mm-hmm. does he just kind of like walk all over it? Because even like, um, I th- and and I think that he's wearing the glasses at the start, right? Like yes. his jellyfishing glasses. Yeah. Yes. Which is like. They never explain really why. <laughs> Maybe they're like for safety, they might say at one point, but but then even like you pointed out that he's like la 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 la. He does the song or whatever. Yeah. They're definitely like trying to be like, you know, as a kid, you're like, oh yeah, I know this about SpongeBob. He loves jellyfishing. And then yeah. they like explore this detail of him more. Um oh, yeah. so fun. So so good. Um, so Ugh. when I sent you the list of, of, of episodes, obviously a lot of them had already been picked, but was there a specific <laughs> reason that you picked these pairing of episodes um, to talk about? Not too specific. I saw mm-hmm. the Fry Cook games and I was like, I know what yeah. that one's about. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch that one. That's great. So, yeah, I think that was like the only thing I was like, that one looks nice. Uh-huh. I remember this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a perfect transition. Um and to our next segment. Uh, before we do that, though, I'll give you the last word. What are your final thoughts on the episode, Jellyfish Hunter? Oh, I think it's one of the most well thought out SpongeBob episodes. Mm-hmm. Like to tell such like a, I mean, it's not like anything crazy, but for SpongeBob, I feel like that's such like a kind of complicated plot to have right. in the 15 minutes that they give you. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so wholesome and great and like, <laughs> has like a lot of good themes to it that even as uh-huh. adults, I'm like, oh yeah, caring about nature and yeah. like even corporate America, right. like yeah. kind of things like <laughs> that. It's uh, just like so good. Yeah. Love it. That's so great. Agreed. Five out of five. This episode almost proves for me, like I already knew this, but it proves for me that they that they are capable of making a movie out of SpongeBob because it's normally such small stories, but this episode is such a showcase of like you can take him on like a whirlwind adventure and it works so oh, well. Yeah. Like 100%. for as simple as the characters are, like yeah. Love it. 
Well, with that, let's throw it to a quick break. And then when we come back, we will jump into the classic, the Fry Cook Games. SpongeBob will be right back on Nickelodeon. Who lives at the bottom of the sea? Who's coming to your hometown? SpongeBob SquarePants! That's right, SpongeBob SquarePants, the star of his own hit Nicktoon. Yep, one of your favorite Nickelodeon characters is on tour and coming to you. It's your chance to meet SpongeBob SquarePants up close and personal. Direct from Nickelodeon, the number one network for kids. Keep watching Nickelodeon for more SpongeBob SquarePants. Cool Springs Galleria, August 6th, Hickory Hollow Mall, August 7th. Everybody, uh, I don't have any reviews today. I just wanted an excuse to put this um, song in the middle of the episode. So, um, but I'll talk for a little bit uh, to fill in this time. Okay, let's uh, go back. And it's a beautiful day here at Bikini Bottom's Fast Food Coliseum. They come from everywhere, microwaves hum, patties sizzle, and heat lamps keep the fast food spirit warm and soggy. But the real story is the bitter rivalry between former competitors Mr. Krabs of the Krusty Krab and Plankton of the Chum Bucket. Welcome back to the episode, the Fry Cook Games. This episode was written by Jay Lender, Dan Povenmire, and Meriwether Williams. Say, so, did, you, did you ever watch uh, Phineas and Ferb? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I, I, I had a feeling. Dan Povenmire, writer on this episode, was one of the co-creators of Phineas and Ferb. So if oh. you see any overlap in the humor... That's probably ah, why. Okay, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That makes a little more sense, for sure. Um, oh my gosh. I, I love this I love episode. This episode. <laughs> Jinx, it is so freaking good. It's just, there's just so much to it. It's, uh, so my my notes immediately, at first I just write, look at that stadium. Because, boy, is that a good looking stadium. 3D rendered, you know, it's pretty silly looking, but it's like made of like, if, it's like the a cups. drink cups and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. 
And then immediately after, I just wrote, this is a big episode. So I said on the on Jellyfish Hunters, this is a big episode. I completely forgot. I didn't write that for that episode. Though that's also <laughs> true of that. So we are just so treated this week of like these two episodes are just there's so much happening in them and that they have like like almost two cold opens right at the start yeah they just jump in so fast like yep um for one like the i'm a realistic fish you i'm know. a realistic fish head <laughs> yeah it's so freaking funny that you're just jumping right into like okay we're watching like the olympics or espn or something and then yeah. that they have the lighting of the torch it's just so and they take their time on it the joke works so well they're like like in between cuts like yeah right like i like the feeling that like you're watching it live on tv is how they Uh open it but yeah that's like my very first note because i think that's one of the funniest openings is not like there's the whole symbolic torch and it's a burger on fire and he's going to light a bigger burger on fire. But Uh that when it blows out and they like (laughs) cut, like, please wait, they Uh don't like have him relight the burger and just go from there. Like they make him run the whole thing. (laughs) Right. It's so funny. (laughs) Like he's like out of breath and like holding it to protect the flame that time. Uh And then I lost my mind. He bursts into flames for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're like, ooh, like the crowd's just like, ooh, that hurt, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then they just move on. Like, we're uh-huh. not going to address that at all, but that yeah. happened. <laughs> so funny. This is the 21st annual Bikini Bottom Fry Cook Games, which I, I love the history that they built. And of course, like we yeah. cut off towards the end of that clip, they're talking about like uh, Mr. Krabs and Plankton have had this long rivalry or whatever. Uh, just the, the, the idea that there's this long history before <laughs> the show ever started of the Fry Cook Games is right. so funny. Um, this is uh, undoubtedly a stupid question, but do you speak any Latin? I do. I took Latin. What? I kind of know Latin. What the frick? Okay, it's not a stupid question then. Apparently, I because in asking, I was like, "Who knows Latin?" I you don't. Do. I don't know it super well. I only uh-huh. know it from the one class I took and the fact that I studied linguistics in college. That's really all I got going for me. Oh well, that's okay. Because I, I think I'm a big dum dum. I think the word I saw wasn't even Latin. I think it might have been Italian. Um, <laughs> which, in a sense, is kind of its own little uh, SpongeBob bo- reference. I'm sorry, I don't speak yeah. Italian. He says that in the episode. Okay. Already, but, um, but no, I, yes. I don't know if you caught this, but on the front of the Colosseum, it says ingresso over the door, which I guess is Italian for entrance. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 so I don't they're know. getting all fancy. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's got to be it because it's also a Latin word, but it means when in mm. English from... I, I kind of like it meaning when better. I know. <laughs> There's more mystery behind it. Yeah. Like my when pause, what? Right. My pause is because now I'm like overthinking the joke. Like I, I'm sure I wasn't meant to, <laughs> you know, translate it to like understand like some deeper meaning or whatever. Because I, I have to think they had to have put it there to look Latin because it makes it look like a Roman Coliseum. Right. Um, But then, or Greek or whatever. But then... It's Italian. <laughs> but so then I'm like, is the joke that Italian sounds like Latin? Like if you didn't know better, you'd mix up the two. And now at this point, I'm thinking 
surely they did not mean for me to think through the joke this much. So <laughs> maybe they did. They were waiting for that one person I, to well, dive into it. Shouts out to Dan Pavenmeyer and Jay Linder and <laughs> my apologies for murdering your joke and slowly beating it. <laughs> It's dead corpse. Um, okay, they jump straight in, and there's a realistic fish head, and um, it's a very funny episode. What do you think of this opening scene, Sadie? First of all, it gives me a weird nostalgia of, did you ever play the Battle for Bikini Bottom game? Holy F, dude. I have in my notes, <laughs> I have in my notes, this is the craziest thing. This is probably not going to be that exciting for the listeners, but I'm freaking out. Um, it's a great game. I have in my notes. This is what the fights from in from B- Battle for Bikini Bottom, like the fights that like the boss fights. I'm like, that has to be this it's has the, to be what those are referencing, right? You know, like yes, the talking fish head and and it's the same voice because when you're fighting like Sandy in the dome yeah. and like the Patrick at the the like slime place, uh-huh. yeah, because. I can hear that guy going spring. Yeah. That's some fancy moves or uh-huh. something that he says in the video game. So anytime he came on, I was just thinking of the video game because yeah. that was one of my favorite games as a kid. I, I would still play that game. That's a great game. Um, I Grimley love can that. Help you write... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm pulling up a clip. <laughs> Continue. Ignore the Grammarly um, commercial. That's fine. Um, another thing I like is that the fry cook games are not necessarily about your skills as a fry cook. Authorities sorry, are I'm, not I'm sure who is responsible for unleashing the mechanical menaces, but they muck through Bikini Bottom are indeed co- Ooh, close encounters of the painful kind. Patrick's just getting too close to that metal monster. Okay, that's, I, was, I was trying to see if I could find the exact spring that you're referencing. I, anyway, yeah, it's in there. I, I pulled clips from that for whenever <laughs> I have news on the show. I, I like try and find clips of that announcer going, breaking news. So anyway, yes. I'm, I'm overly familiar with that. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were in the middle of, of some thought. So please oh, I, continue. I got whatever. it. Yeah. I got it still. Uh, um, I like with the fry cook games that it has literally nothing to do with your abilities as a fry cook. Right. It, it's yeah. just Olympic games with fast food themes. So like uh-huh. the straw. Yeah. Holt, yeah. Um, what's the other? They do the lot. SpongeBob and Patrick do like the jump over the right. like the frying right. pan or whatever. Right. Yeah, I just like love that aspect because you go into it thinking like, oh, it'll be like about being uh-huh. fry cooks, but it's just like fry cook themed games. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, puns at the front, like the 500 oh, yeah. pickle clean and jerk. Like, I, 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 that's not even really a pun. It's just pickles. But but yeah, yeah. it's just like, yeah, it has nothing to do with which even like it wouldn't make any sense for. SpongeBob or for uh, Plankton to to compete or to be good at these games at all, you know, because he's a terrible fry cook. So right, yeah, that's so freaking funny. Sorry, go ahead. Did you have another thought? Oh, I was just gonna say, I think it's funny too in the beginning where it's like you know SpongeBob warming up and uh-huh. like getting ready to go, and Patrick right. just walks up, right. like right. Not like unannounced, like what you doing, SpongeBob? And you're like, how did you get here? Uh, that's so freaking funny. Um, yes. Okay, so I I have two thoughts before this next clip. For one, I need to um 
um, um, close, close the book on bikini battle for bikini bottom because my mind's still a little bit blown. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I'm overhyping this, but w- one of the reasons that I freaked the freak out, um, can you guess, uh, when battle for bikini bottom last came up on this podcast? Oh, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know why I even at, like, there's no way that you would be able to guess, but, um, can you, well, I'll, I'll say this. Can you guess what guest I had on? Was it Tim? It was Tim. Okay, that makes sense. Because so we the reason have... I was freaking out is because I have in my notes, this is what the fights in Battle for Bikini Bottom are from. And then in parentheses, I just put Tim exclamation point, thinking like, that's the craziest coincidence. But also thinking like, that's not that crazy of a coincidence. It doesn't really matter. But then that you brought it up. like Because in my head, I was like, oh, I could mention that to Sadie. But then I was like, that is such a specific anecdote. <laughs> That neither the listeners nor Sadie would need to know that, and I don't even know if Sadie knows what Battle for Bikini Bottom is. But oh no, anyway. oh, Tim and I have actively like played, yeah, at our house because it's just such a good game and it's so nostalgic. <laughs> That's so funny. But then the other note I have is just so I live in Madison, Wisconsin, and they host the CrossFit Games every year. And oh no, half the time I know. Oh no, is right. Um, <laughs> and man, you can tell being downtown, driving near downtown, you're just like, why is everybody so fit and not wearing clothes? And then you remember, like, oh yeah, because we're in a very fit city and we host the CrossFit Games every year oh, at the yeah. Alliant Energy Center. <laughs> but half the time I'm joking, half the time I don't even mean to do it. I always call them the Fry Cook Games, and people are like, what? <laughs> The what? Do you mean the CrossFit games? I'm like, oh, yeah, totally, yeah. So anyway. Sure, yeah, we'll call them that. (laughs) Yeah, that's very much a non sequitur. But speaking of non sequiturs uh, and things completely out of nowhere, um, um, SpongeBob is going to be the new champion. uh, Youngblood, very much like uh, Rocky... Two? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Rocky films, but he's like nope. the young, you know, up and comer being trained underneath Mr. Krabs. Um, when out of absolutely nowhere, Patrick enters the scene. Hi, Patrick. Krusty Krab, Krusty Krab, Krusty Krab. Are you trying to move the ground? You'll never move it like that. You gotta get under it. Come on, Patrick. I'm trying to train for the games. Games? Can I play? Ah, sorry, Patrick. You have to be a fry cook. Be a fry cook? Is that all I gotta do? That'll be easy. What do you mean, easy? <laughs> How hard could it be? Hey, don't let just anybody be a fry cook. We're an elite core. Oh, come on. You're just flipping patties. Hey, flipping is not as easy as it sounds. Why don't you go home, Patrick? You can compete in the laying under a rock all day games. <gasps> At least I don't polish my fingernails. <gasps> you take that back. Fingernails, fingernails, fingernails. You don't even have fingernails. I cannot believe what I am hearing. How can you hear it? You don't have ears either. Holes, holes. Conehead. Yellow. Pink. I've got to get a job as a fry cook and it'll be easy. Fine. I love this scene. I think Patrick is so good for this show. Like just adds kind of like the dumb factor, but in a way where it's like great and not annoying. Like he's doing push-ups, and Patrick's like, are you trying to move the ground? (laughs) Yeah. uh Like that's his 
first instinct. <laughs> and that he has a specific like, oh, I know how to do that. You've got to get <laughs> underneath it. It's so funny. And then I I wrote down that it's like such a clever little um detail that he almost like gets angry. We see a little bit of anger coming out. Like he's channeling like the Hulk inside of him when he's like, you got to get underneath it. Like, and yeah. I'm like, that's so smart. That's because that's going to obviously come out later in the episode. Um, and then of course the competitiveness between them, like starts bubbling up. This reminded me a lot of uh, the episodes, big pink loser, like the, like, you know, kind of teasing each other. And then also the episode Pressure, where they're teasing Sandy for being a mammal and like mm-hmm. not being able to breathe underwater and stuff. Both written by Jay Linder, who also wrote on this episode. So, um, but yeah, very, very cute. Um, yeah, I yeah. like their whole just exchange because mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of nice to see that side of SpongeBob and Patrick because I feel like in most episodes, they're really buddy-buddy and kind of right. like on the same level. Uh-huh. But this one, it kind of shows conflict which not to get too deep but like yeah with your friends like there is conflict usually totally yeah and like that makes a good friendship so to kind of see it even as a kid was kind of like oh you right. can be like competitive and have conflict with your friends and like in a healthy way so totally i think yeah. that's a good little moment <laughs> uh-huh no, that's so great i love that you say not to get too deep because that a like it could be that, that honestly that could have been the um uh, another subtitle for the podcast and it it would have been very fitting not to get too deep oh wow <laughs> and then we just get too deep and then it's also still an ocean pun which is great um yeah. but also yeah that is what we're here for so but i know i definitely read that especially by the end i'm like this episode so well showcases their friendship um, yes and i think that that's something that a lot of people don't get about spongebob is like something so core to it it's just a love and appreciation for friendship period um yeah And that's why some people like, you know, get confused or whatever by like SpongeBob and Patrick holding hands and stuff, but they are (laughs) meant to be like just kids that just like, just love each other and they're just best friends, you know? So, but yeah, they're totally having like a on the playground, like butting heads day here with each other. And even Mm -hmm. the insults they throw at each other are so (laughs) funny to me because Mm -hmm. like they're so first of all, they're so specific. And second of all, you would have to like really know someone to like, out them for those things like well at least i don't polish my fingernails uh-huh. like like you would have to really know someone to know like right. they take time to do that and they care about it and that this right. would really sting them if you say it and then and then it's accurate because you see like a thing like on his fingers or whatever and then also <laughs> accurate is that it devolves into pink yellow like just not right. even any it's not anything it's just like it's just yeah, they lobbing, are <laughs> like just low hanging fruit insults at each other. Yes, um, holes, conehead is so <laughs> silly. So Mr. Krabs uses his acute sense of smell again, which I noticed last episode he also smells, and I mm-hmm. think maybe last week he smelled too. But then in the pilot he like smells the anchovies coming. So anyway, I'm I'm having this thing that where I'm like, is that smell. another? Yeah, that smelly smell. <laughs> I'm like, smelly is this smell. like a feature of Mr. Krabs that he's really good at smelling? I don't know. But anyway, they, they make a point of showing it because Plankton then like has a prosthetic nose. Um, they have a cute little like musical number <laughs> with each other. I love uh, that moment. Like, yeah, making that just it's kind of like intense, <laughs> like they're coming at uh, each other and then it just breaks out into song. Yeah. It's so funny and cute, rolling piano and, then, and stuff. 
I think in general with SpongeBob is they have moments like that, that they just don't address. Right. Like they will totally. do something very comedic and then <laughs> never revisit it uh-huh. or like anything. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. So anyway, uh, Plankton shows up and says that he too has a champion and introduces who it is to Mr. Krabs. Ladies and gentlemen, turn your attention to the Southwest Corridor. Other way, imbeciles. And stop! Perfect! Representing the chum bucket, a creature so fearsome, so terrible, so mind-bendingly large that those of you with weak constitutions may want to leave the stadium. I gotta get out of here! Too late! Ready or not, here he comes. Quake with fear, you mortal fools! Bow down before the awesome might of... This huge guy who's carrying the real contestant, Patrick Starr! Patrick, what are you doing here? You're not a fry cook. Oh, yes, I am, Mr. SpongeBob Superior Pants. Check it out. I've been working for the Chum Bucket for almost five minutes. When uh, Patrick pulls up his shirt, which for one thing, I guess he's partly wearing a shirt to like match spongebob i think mm-hmm. that maybe the bigger reason is just for this joke to like reveal but when he reveals his name tag i uh uh unintentionally and audibly went oh <laughs> and just like the side of it, he stitched it into his flesh <laughs> i was like oh my that's but oh i i love that moment it's almost like a i'm committed to this yeah. kind of moment and it's just like you could have just put on a sticker or something right. but no, uh, he's committing. <laughs> and I just love that. They acknowledge this too, but after his fight with SpongeBob, he walks away. We immediately see like Plankton and Mr. Krabs interacting. So there's like a minute that like window that he must have bumped into Plankton and then like got hired at the chum bucket. Like, right. I'm just like, that was such a fast turnaround that he went and found a job. And yeah. So instantly. Mm-hmm. I love the whole entrance of Patrick. I mean, yeah. there's just like the funny moment of like the big guy coming through and like the right. large guy holding our contestant and right. it's Patrick on the back. But uh-huh. even his whole Plankton's whole monologue before uh-huh. that, just like if you have weak constitutions, you may want to leave the the audience and the uh-huh. big guy, of course, is like, I gotta get out of here. And he's like, too late. Uh-huh. And I let I like, what what is a weak constitution? I don't even know what that means. But and like, yeah, Doug Lawrence, just the voice of Plankton does such an excellent job with, with him here. Like makes me wonder if he's improvising at all, because even just the way that he's organically like at the Southwest Corridor, other <laughs> way. And oh, yeah. Stop, like just like such funny little like details he's he's putting in there. Yeah. Like f- voice acting is so interesting, too. And like uh-huh. he always does such a good job at Plankton. Always like you always feel like Plankton's up to something with the way he like has his intonations (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just the way he says things and conveys information. Uh Like it's so perfect to feeling like he's always like, kind of like has Uh an eyebrow raised. And I love that. And I just love getting to hear his voice say Patrick star because they never interact. Like, yeah, this is a classic example of how fun it is when you see, characters that don't normally interact at all like team up 
like the combination right. of, of Patrick and, and Plankton is just so funny. Like, <laughs> so <yeah>. good. <laughs> Love it. Well, so uh, they have like a. Vi- it's very clever writing that they cut back and forth between the two duos of like he doesn't like you, he's not your friend. What? And then like they cut to the the other pair responding right. to the boss, and then back to the other boss and stuff. You know, um, very clever like writing that they can get so much into one scene by like kind of yes. overlapping them. And then also just cute, like, way of showing that they're, like, manipulating them into, like, hating each other even more, you know? (laughs) Yes. Um, I was just going to say, it is super clever. And, mm -hmm. yeah, a good way for, like, such a small amount of time to convey a ton of information, too. Right. So. And then we get in this next clip just, like, a a classic, uh, you know line specifically from Patrick. There's a lot of classic lines in here, but um, of their motivation for uh, how they should should succeed today. Are we going to let some pretender take away what belongs to the crusty crab? No! Then get mean! I'm mean! Get angry! I'm angry! Now get out there and win that medal! one for the Krusty Krab! For the Krusty Krab! Oh! Yeah! Win this one because I told you to! Because I told me to! Get your face sticks here! I literally had a note in there like just the because you told me to yeah, like that's and he's just, line. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> just like that's the entire motivation is because you told me to uh-huh. um with that scene or like that moment where they're doing the vault and spongebob yeah. makes it and patrick like deep fries the audience and like yeah. immediately there's a guy there selling fish sticks uh-huh. like feels so cannibalistic and dark right. in the moment and then yeah. again they just keep going uh-huh. <laughs> they're like we're not going to address that again but yeah. that's what happened <laughs> yeah yeah i i had in my notes fish sticks lol omg goodness gracious don't think about it that is, i was like <laughs> yeah. that is that is a joke that breaks the reality of the show and it's like when you begin to think about the implications of like that they know what fish sticks are that they would sell them at the ball game <laughs> or not the ball game but the fried cook games and everything very very funny though um and yeah just like there's just so much like back to back to back of like these just stupid challenges and stuff it's so funny yeah well and the moment i forgot to and re-listening to the clip actually two Uh things so first of all when they're like yelling and then the big guy yells after them it's just like ah (laughs) and it's Uh so like not what you would expect from him i think is a great moment and then a little detail i noticed that I'm like, wow, that's great. Is uh-huh. when SpongeBob is running for the pole vault, his shoes still make the squeaky noise. Oh, like the yeah. classic SpongeBob squeaky noise. So like uh-huh. he's still wearing his shoes. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny little moment. <laughs> that's so cute. 
I, I looked it up. Uh, Tom Kenny does the voice of the big guy. Because I, I wrote down, I was like, who does his voice? That's so funny. They're like, ah. ah. <laughs> like, <laughs> gets me every time. Um, okay, so the, the next thing, uh, they might do one in between this. I can't remember, but um, I have this next clip. The high dive uh, is, is a highlight of this episode. Oh, yes. And now, absolute silence. Ice cream for ice cream! Almonds? That's unexpected. He stuck it! And just look at that even coating! Top that, Pinky. Almonds? Curse him, that's good. But perhaps a bit too highbrow for this crowd. He thinks he's better than them! <gasps> better than you! No! Now get up there and show him how the common man prepares his frozen dairy treats! No! Patrick will be resurrecting an old favorite, the single scoop strawberry cone with a chocolate dip. Just look at that concentration. Oh, a little shaky on that entry. But just look at that form. Take that, yellow boy. Laugh where you can, Pinky. It's not over yet. That's what you think, but it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Uh, I just had to cut that last clip. It's not over yet. Um, so <laughs> at this, this is the point in my notes where I, I had written down, this is uh, battle for bikini bottom because the fish head just coming in and commenting, yep. you know, it's so funny. <laughs> Doug Lawrence also, so voice of Plankton also does the voice of uh, the realistic fish head. Yep. He's just so excellent. Like, and, and just so the good. little flourishes of toasted almonds. That's unexpected. Like things like that. I'm like, He's owning the role so well and filling in so much of the episode. It's so funny. Yeah, I love that line too. Like the that's unexpected about the almonds as if they weren't laying right. there right. Yeah. like for uh-huh. everyone to see probably the entire time. Like, right. I don't know how unexpected that was, but uh-huh. great. And even something I was thinking about with this episode is how visually fun it is yeah. because they have the realistic fish head, they have the realistic uh-huh. fish sticks. And then when Patrick lands yeah. his high dive, he uh-huh. looks, it's like a real strawberry cone is what they show. Yeah. And I'm just like, like just using those real objects for it, I think makes it way more yeah. funny. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I had the thought, like specifically with how how fun and funny like the the ice cream cone JPEG is and everything. I had the <laughs> thought that like obviously, you know, like you mentioned earlier, this entire episode isn't even really like being a good fry cook. It's just like replicating these fry cook <laughs> things or whatever. And and I I thought watching this like this has has nothing to do with like nautical stuff at all like it's not like a joke about like living under the sea or anything they just took like a very specific detail of spongebob and blew it up to like an entire episode which is so funny to me Um, right yeah like they're obviously like a big enough profession to have a whole 21st anniversary of these games Uh like it's been that big of a deal that long right um Oh, I was going to say something else, but it's gone. Oh, That's I was okay. just going to oh, say how creative yeah, yeah. the little games are. Yeah. Like the way they incorporate just different aspects of fast food into right. these different events. I believe there isn't there one where they're like ice skating on the patties. Yeah. 
or it's, it's on butter, right? On like a stove on or something. Yeah, yeah. It's something like that. We're just like, uh-huh. like how fun would it have been to be in that room when they're thinking of the different games right. that they would like montage? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, so I was thinking fun. that. Like, how fun to think of the games, and then also like the the lines. Like, there's just so many puns and like <laughs> silly like commentary throughout the episode and stuff. And I'm pulling up the uh, uh like different scenes from the episode it looks like they do like uh whatever this is Is this curling is that what that is where you like throw the or is that shot put shot shot put yes that's right i always mix that up with um (laughs) whatever the shooting one is oh i don't know what the shooting one is (laughs) where they throw the clay pigeons and it doesn't matter oh yeah 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 but so they do shot put they do uh patrick looks so serious he's like in like a full like skating uniform on the butter they have like they're running somebody their food and jumping over hurdles yes uh, there's one where patrick's just lifting something heavy i can't i I don't know if it's just like a huge burger or what right um whatever the like uh, i also don't know the name for this but the skiing where they do like the long jump or whatever like uh, yeah but they're on spatulas. But then the funniest, of course, it's just there's a very fast cut to them dancing with fruit on their heads and stuff. Yes. I know that has a name. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but that montage happens in like five seconds tops. Probably not right. even that. Like, it's just so funny how they just like so quickly like, and then they do the rest of the games and then it's just right. on to the next scene. Yeah. So in this, the last scene that uh, we'll hear, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in like kind of halfway through their fight, um, but they ripping their suits off and then for one, SpongeBob being jacked and then Patrick ripping his suit off and just wearing like a nice, you know, three piece like, suit yeah. and, and they stay on it for a second. He kind of like just looks angry and then looks down and realizes what's wrong and then switches again and then is also jacked. It's so funny to me. I Yeah, I feel like that's another, like, I don't know, just, like, little moments of comedic opportunity that they take of just, like, uh-huh. and not and not addressing it. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, why? yeah. Uh-huh. But it's still, it kills me. It killed me when that happened and we were watching it last night. I was just, yeah. like, <laughs> just why? <laughs> is he, like, yeah. what? Oh, it's This fine. episode is, like, one of the most, like, don't ask why episodes, you know? Yeah. Like, you just, just watch so it bizarre, and you just, just enjoy it. After jo- yeah, exactly. So, okay. Well, speak of just enjoy it. Um, let's hear how they wrap up this episode. <laughs> no! My name's not I don't like you. I don't like you more. I never liked you. I a thousand times never liked you. Pink. Yellow. (laughs) Yellow. Pink. You do never to fight again, buddy. Yeah, pal. Let's go home. Hey, where you going? Get back here and kill each other. Oh, my 
best friend ever. You too, Patrick. You know, these were white when I bought them. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I like, that was very, very funny to me. Like the, oh, these yeah. were white when I bought them, you know. Now as an adult, I'm like, that's a little lowbrow for SpongeBob, but because it's so funny, I'll give them the pass. But right. Yeah. Such a sweet ending. It's just like, they're just best friends, you know? Like, that's just oh, like yeah. the way that they wrap it up. And it's like really heartbreaking that SpongeBob seemingly for no reason just screams like, I don't like you. And that's totally something that like a kid would yell. Like, that's all that they can muster up is like, I don't like you. Like, it's such right. like an innocent way to say that you hate someone. Right. And even like the banter that they do is such like, when I worked in daycare, it's like things uh-huh. a four-year-old scream at each other. Like, I don't like yeah. you. I don't like you more. Well, yeah. I never liked you. Well, I never liked you times a thousand. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh-huh. Gosh, it's so cute and heartbreaking, the, but. Yeah. The way that escalates, I think is so funny. And just the whole fight scene, how it's just kind of like random, like they're not like punching each other, like the whole time or really like wrestling. They're just kind of doing weird things. Right. right. Like, yeah. When he licks the foot, I yeah. very, very was like, oh, oh, I remember that as a kid. And I yeah. do not like feet. So I remember uh-huh. watching that as a kid and being like, Ugh, yeah, uh. <laughs> that's got to be one of the most bizarre things that happens in this episode. It's like, yeah, I don't I don't know if siblings like do that to each other. My siblings never did that specifically, but I suppose it would be torturous you know but yeah they totally are just doing these benign things to to get under each other's skin and of course the like one of the highlights of the whole episode and and the the highlight of the fight for sure is just the like for one a brilliant animation of like trying to bring his eraser down because it's totally shot like in a movie where like the bad guy's trying to stab you know the other guy through the heart you know um, but it's just like his eraser and then erasing Pat and just how angry it would make Patrick like because his name's not Rick. So like I, my name's not Rick is, of course, a line that I've heard so many people quote so much. But then also when you're a kid, you really do like it's so frustrating when people like call you by the wrong name, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just the fact that he had a pencil in that <laughs> moment, like, uh-huh. like like the final boss weapon like right i'm gonna whip out like uh-huh again like a moment of him like really <laughs> knowing patrick of like this is gonna really get under his skin right because he hates being called rick kind of moment right, right. like the i the just think that in like the heat of battle his mind went to like i have a pencil on me i'm gonna use that is like so dark and twisted and like <laughs> silly you know right and it's not even like a, I'm going to get rid of your name tag altogether, right. obviously, because yeah. that would be brutal since he totally. decided to sew it <laughs> sew into it his into skin. It. Yeah. But uh, just like, that's the alternative of, I'm just going to erase Pat. Right. It's so the silly. End. Okay. I just realized I completely forgot to point this out earlier. When they tear their suits off and they're trying to get hyped up, Patrick tears a lemon in half and puts it in his eyes. Yes. Yes. I remember because, yeah, when we were watching that, I like the moment he whipped out the lemon, I was like, oh, I remember what happens here. And he just, and it's just like, why? 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 It's so brutal and like painful to watch it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That is a funny moment. But even like throughout the whole fight, even when, 
their pants rip off and their underwear is each other's colors. It's kind of even like in the jellyfish hunter episode, like that just ends like the end. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Uh Like you're wearing peak underwear. You're wearing, you're wearing yellow underwear and they're like, Uh you do care. And they just hold hands and walk away. And like, everything's cool. They don't care about the fry cook games. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. booing them and like yelling at (laughs) them. And they're just like, doesn't matter. We're friends again. Uh huh. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's totally like the the this episode. The show presents it as if it's like, well, obviously that would be the end. You know, Mr. Krabs saying open, and then it opens. They're like, well, obviously that's the end. And then with yeah. this one, like, well, they have the like op- matching uh, uh, colors of underwear. Of course, that's how the episode would end. And then it's just like such like a a funny adult observation of like uh, people who go to those sort of sporting events, especially like you know, um, like. Uh, 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 not WWE, the the real one. I I can't like, MMA. MMA, yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. you know when they're trying to watch friggin' Ewan McGregor fight Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I can't remember. I know it's not Ewan McGregor, but um, it's funnier to think of that way though. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> they are so upset to not see them kill each other. <laughs> like right, that they totally would be like boo, like for them to not just be like brutally you know injuring each other for the rest of their lives but right well and plankton even says that as they're walking the yeah. way he's like yelling he's like why won't you come back and kill each other yeah. and i remember uh-huh. being like that's so extreme yeah he's like yeah you're they're supposed to die one of them should be dead by the end yeah. of the day so it's so great <laughs> it reminds me that the movie warrior which I guess is also an MMA film and not really one that is near and dear to my heart at all. But Mm. anyway, the the ending (laughs) of that movie is like, which that came out after SpongeBob. So maybe we could argue that, um, that film copied this one. Yeah. But it's like two brothers, like, I don't know if it's boxing or I don't know why I'm trying to talk about a sports thing that I don't know about, but they end that by being like, I care about you, man, or whatever. Whereas this one of course is like the underwear. And then I just, on the, on the underwear, on the note of underwear, the underwear is just so silly. And when I was a kid, like underwear in and of itself just was like silly and fun. And like Captain Underpants was one of my favorite like books growing right. up, you know? And yeah, I remember reading Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin would always wear his like lucky rocket ship underwear and stuff. Even in Battle yeah. for Bikini Bottom, his like lives are pairs the of lives underwear. The lives are the underwear. I yeah. was going to say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's just like, so cute and appropriate that they would just wear matching underwear and it's like right it's just nothing beyond just like kids i don't it's i don't know it's like they're just kids and then same thing for them holding hands like kids do that like they're just best friends now and they're like we forgot what we were mad about and now we're just gonna go be best friends together oh yeah if that isn't just like an ode to working in daycare Like that's what it is. Like they're super mad. And then the next minute they're like, Oh no, we're best friends. Uh Um, the other like little detail of that too, that I like is that they're Mm -hmm. still buff when they're walking away. Like they don't go back to like normal. Like they're just like really buff and walking away. And Uh that's the end of it. That's so funny. I love (laughs) it. Well, that's the episode, uh, the Fry Cook Games. Do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, uh, what were your thoughts on Fry Cook Games, Sadie? Fry Cook Games, I think, is one of the most visually entertaining episodes mm. of SpongeBob. Like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, you don't really have to ask why. And if you do, right. it's just like you don't need to. Like, you just right. watch it and you just enjoy it for the silliness of it. Uh, and also, it's just a fun 
episode to like highlight SpongeBob and Patrick's relationship mm-hmm. that is just great. And like you see it a lot, obviously, throughout the show, like their relationship grow, but to right. have them specifically like head to head, I think is really funny. That's so true. It's so good. Um, Sadie, if you could sum up what makes SpongeBob so great, how would you sum it up? Oh my gosh. I feel like it's kind of timeless in a sense. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like I can watch SpongeBob now and Mm -hmm. enjoy it just as much as I did when I was eight or seven or playing the games. And I feel like it's something that won't really go away. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Are they still making episodes? They are. And I imagine that they will never stop because it makes Nickelodeon so much money. Personally, I'm a bit of a snob and a purist in that, like, I don't really venture beyond season three, but uh, that's fair. SpongeBob will be around forever. And whether it's, you know, um, new episodes or reruns, like, I I think that they know that this this is like uh, the well, maybe it's too much to say it's the Mickey Mouse of our generation, but it, but it is Nickelodeon's Mickey Mouse. And like, oh, yeah, I mean, like we were saying at the top of the episode, it is rare to find someone our age of our generation that does not have a deep affinity for SpongeBob, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something that is like the dumbest quotes and pieces you take from it are still so funny because of just like the nostalgia and the memories and like for what it is. Uh And I, Oh, so good. Love it. Shouts out to SpongeBob (laughs) and uh, Patrick. Uh, but SpongeBob yeah. the show. I'm my brain is so done. We got to be done. But it's okay. Thank you. thank you, Sadie, for joining us on the podcast today, and thank you, listeners, for listening to Sadie join us on the podcast today and talk about the episodes Jellyfish Hunter and the Fry Cook Games. Join us next week as we discuss the episode Squid on Strike and Sandy SpongeBob and the Worm. The last two episodes of season two, super bittersweet. Um, and then, if you have any thoughts or questions on the podcast on SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, write into spongespamrobots.com, uh, leave a review in Apple Podcasts, or share from Spotify uh, on Instagram or MySpace, or whatever the heck you <laughs> share with your friends. Drop it into um, AIM. Uh, search AOL keyword absorb it in yellow uh, to learn more. Ask your parents for permission before going online. Uh, Sadie, any closing thoughts? I wasn't prepared. (laughs) That's okay. I didn't prepare you at all. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye.